Welcome back to Beargrass Christian Church Podcast. I'm Dee Decker, the Communications Director at Beargrass Christian Church. Last weekend, we began the season of Pentecost uh, on our podcast, and Lee mentioned in his sermon that no matter what we have going on in our lives, we have hope because of the gifts of the Spirit God continues to pour out on us. Lee said the power of the Spirit is available no matter what our situation or condition or circumstances might be. Often the Spirit comes gently, giving guidance when we're lost, helping us say the right thing when we don't know what to say. It provides strength to keep going when we're exhausted and prods us to reach out when we would rather not get involved. The Comforter, the power and presence of God helps us get through our trials and tribulations and transitions and tragedies. As we continue to give thanks this week for the gifts of the Holy Spirit getting us through extremely difficult situations, we spend some time on Psalm 13, known as a Psalm of Lament. Lament Psalms voice complaint and anger toward God about something in the psalmist's life or the life of the community. And Lament Psalms petition God to do something about the situation or experience. These psalms almost always end in praise, voicing thanksgiving, voicing trust that God will make things right. And in this sermon, Dr. Susan Lowe invites us to give voice to our laments and find a new spirit of gratitude in giving voice to our deepest hurts and longings for ourselves and for our world. Here now is Dr. Susan Lowe. Well, I confess, I don't know what I was thinking when I selected Psalm 13 for the passage uh, today. And yet I know, I know that there is much hurt and pain and grief in our world and our lives. And we are really good at pushing that grief and pain down or aside. In the opening to Walter Brueggemann's book, A Psalmist Cry, A Script for Lament, Steve Frost shares his personal experience with this denial. Steve had an older brother named Judson who only lived for a few minutes. It was when he was preparing, years later, when he was preparing pictures for his parents' 50th wedding anniversary that he finally began to grieve his older brother's death. He writes, I only had one picture of Judson to work with, his funeral picture. I knew about the idea of my brother, but I had never really confronted losing him. And as he worked on that picture, he said he was connected to his brother uh, in a way he had never been. And eventually, he had to stop working on the picture, and he just broke down and wept in front of his computer. And he said, I had never, I, no, excuse me, that's not what he said. No, this is what he said. I had never let the reality of my brother in, so I had nothing to lose. Now, as the possibilities came flooding in, with them came the possibilities that never were. I remember thinking, he said, what kind of culture do I live in where grief and lament are so foreign? While grief may not be foreign to us in one sense, I mean, I imagine all of us know the pain and hurt of loss, whether that be broken relationships or losing a job or a chronic debilitating illness, the death of a loved one, the list can go on and on. 
So I think it's safe to say that grief is not foreign to us. But what is foreign to us a lot of the time is acknowledging or expressing that grief, mourning, lamenting. This is true for us as individuals, communities, and our world. And so perhaps that is why I selected Psalm 13. So we as individuals and as a community of faith are reminded, are aware that bringing our sorrow, our sadness, our lament to God is not a foreign thing. In fact, there is a pattern for such things available to us in Scripture, and not just in the Psalms, but in other Scriptures, other books as well. Anne Weems, who was a Presbyterian minister, she helps us see how we can use the lament Psalms in our lives to give voice to our hurt and pain and to share with God our anger, our complaint, our plea, and ultimately our trust. Anne's son, Todd, was murdered, was beaten by four young men just hours after his 21st birthday. In time, she began writing her own psalms of lament, and eventually they were published in a book to help others give voice to their lament. It's called Psalms of Lament, and I wanted to read one of them to you this morning. She writes, Come to me, O God, set me free from this agony. O God, O God, O God, please help me. Every waking moment is filled with the pain of that moment. Every night is filled with terror and with fear. O God, how did it happen? Where were you? Why didn't you stop it? O God, all's wrong with the world. It is my voice, O God, that sobs to you before the day breaks like a balloon that is released to the sky, my prayer makes its way to you, O God, before the sun rises. Everywhere I turn, doors are slammed shut. O God, do not let the door of heaven slam in my face. O God, the world has been drained of color. The music has been turned off. The silent shroud covers any green that remains. All is gray and smells of death. I fear for the death of my spirit, O God. I wrestle to hold on to the deep places of my inner being. My soul is in danger. Save me, O God, save me. Consider my weeping, O Holy One. Be tenderhearted when you speak to me. Handle my bruised heart with gentleness, for without you I am nothing. O God, you speak and the sky is alive with music. Your hand reaches out and colors the world with a touch. My soul is a rainbow. My sobbing bursts into song. My God is here. I don't know if you recognized it or not, but in the lament of Psalm 13 and in this lament by Ann Weems, there is a pattern. Lament psalms have a pattern. They typically include an address to God. They include a, a complaint articulating the problem, a petition, a request, or demands. And sometimes there is motivation given to God for to give God good reason to act. And in some lament psalms, there is even a request for vengeance, especially when an enemy is involved. And then as one author noted, after the need, the hurt, the demand, and the venom are fully voiced, something unexpected happens in the psalm. 
the speaker is at the end confident of being heard and dealt with bountifully, and so ends in rejoicing and praise. A lament psalm always ends with praise or thanksgiving, or at the very least, a statement of trust and a vow to praise. I appreciate how one author defined lament. She said, to lament is not simply to grieve or mourn. Biblical lament, faith's outcry to God in the grip of trouble, is a rhetoric that wails, rages, protests, and interrogates, and finally whispers its hope. Whispers its hope. We can bring our heartache and pain, our troubles to God, whether they be our own personal troubles, the troubles of a loved one, the troubles of our world and country, a world that feels, feels like it's so filled with anger and hatred and violence, so many injustices and atrocities that some of you have faced, and most certainly our brothers and sisters around the globe have. Sometimes the trials and tribulations seem so overwhelming, but just as Lee talked about in his Pentecost sermon last week, we have hope. As he said, the Spirit provides us strength to keep going when we're exhausted and prods us to reach out when we would rather not get involved. The Comforter, the power and presence of God, helps us get through our trials and tribulations and transitions and tragedies. And so we do give thanks that the power of the Spirit is available to us. And I think when we voice our lament in the midst of our heartache and pain, the grief, the mourning, I think also available to us is a new spirit of gratitude. Not gratitude for the tragic event or circumstances we faced, but gratitude that we have a God big enough to hear the heart-wrenching cries of our hearts, our hurt, our anger, and pain. Gratitude for the people in our lives, strangers and loved ones who are there for us, who lift our spirits in small and random ways. Gratitude that even though we feel such incredible pain and disorientation, that we have a God who listens, who is faithful, and who will help us find a way forward. Anne Weems's grief over the death of her son never left her. But one of the ways she was able to move forward was in and through writing and voicing her lament before God. She was able to lean into her faith and express what was really going on inside her. She did not deny her pain or her grief. As she wrote in the preface to her book, there is no salvation in self-help books. The help we need is far beyond self. Our only hope is to march ourselves before the throne of God and in loud lament cry out the pain that lives in our souls. When we express our lament to God, our complaint and petition, our vow to praise, we also express great trust in our relationship with God. And so I ask you, what is your lament today? And before you answer that, I do want to clarify one thing. And that is the distinction that there is a difference between uh, lamenting and whining. 
I love what Brian Blount said in a sermon to his colleagues at a week-long conference for ministers on recovering lament. He said, there's just one thing I'm afraid of when counseling folks to recover lament. I'm afraid they are going to confuse lamenting with whining. I was a pastor long enough to know the difference between Christians whining for what they think they ought to have and downtrodden and oppressed people lamenting for what all of us know ought to be. Examples he gave include, if you're crying to the Lord because you've got to put a new roof on your $200,000 house when people are living in tin boxes, I'm sorry, but you're whining. If you stand up on your soapbox in the midst of global poverty, famine, starvation, and rail against the heavens about high, how high your property taxes are in your paved road, somebody picks up your trash every Tuesday, police protected, electricity supplied, cable and satellite network, internet connected, municipally, municipally bonded existence. I don't care what tax bracket Uncle Sam has got you in, baby, you are whining. Sometimes those words aren't easy to hear when we're going through difficult times. I, I have a dear friend who keeps me in check on such things when I am whining instead of lamenting. After lamenting for, uh, listening for a bit, she says, Susan, this is not a crisis. And she is always right. There are crises that we all face, and it is important to know the difference between whining and lamenting. Our high schoolers, as you may know, just returned from a week-long trip to Birmingham, Alabama, where they served and learned a lot at Greater Birmingham Ministries. And in that trip, they talked a lot about issues and problems they see in our country and nation, and one of them shared some of what they talked about, their voices of what they concerned about our country. They shared their concern about racism and white superiority, homophobia, the current accessibility of various types of guns, the stereotyping of the homeless, the environment and need for change for the use of renewable energy sources, women's issues like gap in pay and other things, and issues around abortion, pro-life, pro-choice, all kinds of things. And what I heard in that is I think they understand more clearly the laments of our brothers and sisters who are marginalized and overlooked. And I look forward to hearing more of their stories and what they learned, maybe hearing their laments for our country and our world in light of what they experienced and learned this past week. Like the ones who voiced lament psalms so long ago, we also have our personal and communal national laments. May we follow their example and be bold enough to bring our laments to God, finding strength, finding hope, finding a new spirit of gratitude as we do. Great stuff from Dr. Lowe. I hope you took time to think about your laments and your thanksgivings. 
Be sure to listen to our bonus material with Dr. Lowe as we continue our discussion on grief, lament, hope, and thanksgiving. Also, I'd love for you to reach out to me with any ideas or feedback. You can always reach me at the church or drop me an email at d at beargrass.org. Remember to follow us on social media. We have an Instagram and Facebook account. And as always, we would love to see you around the table uh, at either our 9 or 11 o'clock Sunday morning worship. We're located at 4100 Shelbyville Road, and you can find all of our worship times, location, and upcoming events on our website, beargrass.org. If you like what you're hearing, you can hit the donate button. All gifts go to further the ministry and mission of Beargrass Christian Church. Until next time, grace and peace.